Well, hello, hello. Uh, this is our, our first episode of this new podcast called Two Lefties Get It Right with your two hosts. Uh, my name is Cameron. Uh, my name's Griffin. We may be uh, very far apart in distance, but we have been very close for most of our entire lives. We've met, what, 15, 16 years ago at this point? Yeah, it's, at least. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Um, we have not always had similar political beliefs, uh, but we have recently so we figured might as well talk about it from our, our unique perspectives we both are like to consider ourselves pretty learned but then again we're both pretty idi- we're both pretty idiotic so we'll see how that goes um but yeah so this is this is uh tlgr for sure two lefties get it right we're just two leftists talking about the woes and i would say good things but there are no real good things about the current system that we are under just the political landscape and uh general news and uh and fun so uh Griffin, why don't you give a little introduction to yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name's Griffin. Uh, we're, uh, we're both college students. You know, we're in our second years. Uh, as Cameron alluded to before, I we have not always aligned politically. Um, I was, believe it or not, this may cause some of you to cringe, but I promise I've changed. I was a libertarian, uh, and I apologize for my past discretions. It was the uh, meme. I, I, pro- I promise I'm different now, so I'm going to need you guys to bear with me and uh, give me the benefit of the doubt. Uh, oh yeah, Cameron, you gotta, you gotta. Why don't you uh, give yourself a nice in-depth introduction? Here. Yeah. Let's yeah. So, um, if, so before we'll talk about the more in, uh, in-depth part of it of how we came to our uh, our political beliefs themselves, we can talk. Uh, I can basically give the overview of. I've always been. Uh, well, not always been, but in the last few years, at least, I've been very alone on an island myself in this very right-wing dystopia we we call america i am the the dirty m word marxist socialist all that bad stuff uh yeah uh some, some call it an insult i call it a badge of pride blah 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 whatever um so yeah uh i've i've brought him to the uh right side the left side you know great side Ugh. but um so from here we'll, we'll spend a couple minutes talking about some uh news article current events stuff like that because obviously all politics is just current events and fun times uh so i'm gonna pull some stuff up here uh as i i showed griffin this earlier i don't know if anyone uh if anyone else had known but so uh in pakistan today uh very unfortunate there was a, a suicide bombing at a, a mosque that killed at least 60 as of right now and injured about 170 so far um no groups have come forward to call, uh, claim credit but uh i'm a, i at a mosque i'd assume it's probably related to there might be some islamophobia there i'm not 100 percent sure but there's no motive yet that would be uh, an interesting one uh pakistan being a primarily islamic country if it's you know some sort of foreign nationalist anti-islam mm. movement or if it's some more uh radical islam extremist within their own borders causing these kind of attacks it would also be uh, interesting to see how this develops if it's uh Hopefully not, but if it has anything to do with, uh, obviously, the, the long-standing tensions between Pakistan and India itself, that would not be great for yes, the rest yes, of the yes. rest of the world. Uh, I don't... Did you hear about... Uh, oh, I, I think I read about this last week. It could have been even more recent than that. The uh, A Swedish ambassador politician burnt a Quran in front of, a, I want to say, the Afghan, I, Iranian, Iraqi uh, embassy in Sweden. 
Yikes, I had not heard about that. There's been some pretty uh, large protests. There's been some pretty uh, spicy protests in the Islamic world in the last week or so. Causing that I can imagine. the usual rounds of Islamophobia, uh, terror mm-hmm. fears, because, you know, obviously all the terror, famously, every terrorist is an Islamic man and not a white man, famously. Obviously, yeah, obviously, especially in this country. It's so clearly never yeah. the white guy that does it. Clearly, none of the terrorism in our country has been done by uh, white men, straight white men mm-hmm. in particular. But you know, with that's 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 never happened. Mm-hmm. And you said it was an, like an elected official that did this. Uh, it was. I want to say he was from another European country, Poland or Norway, maybe. And he moved to Sweden and was some sort of political standing in Sweden, like lit a Quran on fire in front of. That's nuts. Ted Cruz is just, like, so jealous of that guy right now. I know Ted Cruz is upset that he did not think of that first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, uh, another, another obviously, uh, article of note for this week uh, is the Tyree Nichols stuff. You did end up watching that video, right? The actual body cam stuff? I did. That's horrifying. Uh, if, that's uh, that's absolutely, like... Advised, obviously. Mm-hmm. If you, Completely. If you I'll definitely make this explicit. Yes, uh, it's definitely 100% viewer advised. It's very graphic. It's incredibly disturbing. But um, I think if you have an ounce of semblance of respect for the police, uh, you won't after this video. So I would recommend watching it. Uh, and I might I might be more, less informed than a lot of people. I don't know the exact reason why he was pulled over. I think it was just literally a minor traffic, like taillight yeah. was out or something like that, right? I, I think I, I didn't read into it yet. Uh, so I just got back from class a little bit ago. But I want to say a sixth officer was implicated accused I did, I, along those lines i did see that too yeah it was, i think like i don't remember him i don't remember exactly the details of it but yeah i saw i saw that he was uh, officially fired too and this is this is rec- this is groundbreaking uh obviously in a place like tennessee um that's nuts uh that it actually like the, there actually was some justice there it was it was memphis right why am i yeah, memphis. i think yeah yeah okay I, I saw a hem fill. I thought I was just making something up in my head, but no, the the fact that this actually happened and there actually was a little bit of something that happened in Tennessee, yeah. red as can be, Tennessee is nuts. But uh, and this is historic for the fact that this is one of the first times that it was this fast that it that they were actually like brought to justice and actually detained for that purpose. Like usually it takes a month if it happens at all. Yes, I would. I, you know, I agree with you. I would like to think that. This could potentially be a point of optimism that instead of seeing this nine months of investigation where these police officers eventually see no repercussions for, you know, brutally beating and killing a man, that we're actually seeing some justice and police departments taking action. Now, if that's actually a sign of goodness or if because these were black police officers remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just my little bit of uh, skepticism. I am a hater. I'm a pessimist. You guys will come to see that. So I do. I do like to play devil's advocate a little bit. More than more than you know. More than you know. Uh, another another article of note. Uh, so Trump has officially started campaigning. He officially uh, has had like I think like three rallies so far. Uh, I saw I saw a clip of his last press like thing right after the rally, and he was he was not doing well. Like he like there's obviously like, the mental state thing, but like he was he seemed like he was really really tired. Like if if this is how it's gonna be, it's it, literally january 30th of 2023 we got like what's 18 months until the next election actually more than almost 24 months if you're already tired of the campaign trail man you got no chance of it to do that yeah i honestly you know i still think it's up in the air whether or not he gets the uh republican nomination i think desantis could take it from him 
I, I believe that too. I, I would, I, I've said it since, since he lost in 20 that uh, McConnell will never give him back it again. Cause like, now yeah, granted, McConnell, McConnell, McConnell's a never Trumper. Ex- exactly. Well, he was, he was when he was in there, but he had to act like he wasn't when he got impeached and stuff like that. But it definitely, I don't think that he want like, cause it there's okay. We're also going to talk about the fact that if Mitch McConnell sees the next election, he is ancient. There's uh, a fact that's of that. True. There's a very real chance that Mitch McConnell, if we are all lucky enough, for my God that this happens, Mitch McConnell will be dead before the next election. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But if if and that's the if he's not, if if God willing or devil willing, he's not. Uh, if he isn't, I don't think he will. I I just think that he he values his his uh, control too much, and he knows that if if Trump does get the nomination, he will never get it back. Even even if Trump loses, he'll just never get it back. Yep. Because uh, it will also also depend in the next couple weeks, I think. I think it'll be right after the State of the Union. Honestly, if I'm Biden, like he might do it at the State of the Union. Uh, guys, I am running for president in 2024. <laughs> now that would that would be some, that would that be would an be announcement. Donald right Dark Brandon move right there. That w- that would be that would upset quite a few people in in that chamber alone. Yeah, there would be uh, there would be some tensions. I mean, I you know, and that's another you know, uh, I don't know where we are if this was part of your news docket, the Biden docket the documents i have not mm-hmm. taken the time to read into those yet but i was curious if you had uh i've done a little bit of uh, preliminary research not overly that much but uh from what i can see it's kind of a nothing burger it's basically these just like foreign uh foreign meeting uh basically summaries of what happened during those meetings there was no like exchange of sale or anything like that or it was just basic things but there are documents everywhere he's found i think they found him in four or five different places now so clearly clearly the term classified as i've always believed means nothing yeah there's no such thing as a classified document if you are or or at one point were the president well yeah because like yeah classification literally comes down to you yeah and uh obviously the the conservative sphere will uh try to like get the equivalency between the trump documents now there is Obviously, they both did similar uh, mishandlings of documents in general, but one's talking about uh, potential nuclear. I, I don't think it's ever been confirmed if they were actually nuclear secrets or not, or like nuclear or anything like that, but alleged uh, nuclear documents versus just foreign trips being handed over right away with no like thing. Because the Department of Justice really wanted Trump to hand over those documents right away, but he yeah, like he just, he just bitched it. and moaned for six months. Yeah, he just got blown out. For, if he would have just given the documents back, this wouldn't even have barely been a story. It would have been like this Biden series. Exactly. If it, if it made the news at all, like because yeah. the whole because the National Archive, I think it was the Act of like '69 or something like that, basically said anything a president writes, even if it's a doodle of the sun, it has to be like it has to be put into the National Archive. So they're they're just begging and pleading, like, dude, we don't want this to do anything anymore. We don't want your name to be in the front pages. Just give us the documents. It's nothing. We'll be done. But he was like, no, they're mine. I I was president. I can declassify whenever. Well, you could, but you can't anymore. I think this is a good opportunity. Uh, me and Cameron do have a running bet going right now. On what are we? Three months on our over under before Biden gets impeached. Yes, we by, uh, uh, by our beautiful new and loving Republican uh, House of Representatives. I think I think the actual the timeline was five months. It was over under the number of times was the number of times was three. Oh uh, yes, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. So I I have the under. Thank God I'm going to win the dollar there. Uh, but you have the over on the three, and that one I'm definitely going to lose. Nope. 
Uh, it will uh, be. You know, I'm surprised. I'm shocked that the documents have not uh, accelerated that process. I thought we'd see documents leaked, and about a week later, we'd get some impeachment talk. But uh, they've been talking about it. They're they're in committee right now. The oversight and security committee, I think, whatever like that. The, ju- the judiciary is obviously the final decision, but Jim Jordan will do whatever McCarthy says at this point. Yep. And McCarthy's like, yeah, it's going to happen. I uh, I don't know how I don't know if you've ever actually like watched uh, on Snapchat those uh, not my parties or like that pops up. No, no, I think I have. Okay, so basically this guy who worked on the Bush's the Bush campaign, uh, and then was going to work for the Trump campaign until like he like got was sick of the way that the MAGA party was like leaving. So he basically became this like quote unquote independent journalist, aka a right winger, whatever. He's a but, center, uh, right. Yeah, he just he just mocks both parties at this point. Like he he hates he hates cinema more than most people I know. So I mean, there's that for him. But uh, he, he, his last swing has been like basically how Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene has become the new queen, basically ever since she said, yeah, I'm, I'm running for vice president at this point. Oh, God, I so hope I, she's I, the I, vice I thought... president. I need that in my life. I need the content. The con- Yeah, the content if Marjorie Titan Greene is the vice presidential pick for Donald Trump would be out, outstanding. I just want to hear the vice presidential, presidential debate. It will, it will never happen, but. No, I need it. Yes, yes, I do. Turn this down a little bit. A little sync noise. Uh, is there any other documents in or uh, any other news, current events that you would like to talk about before uh, move on to some more local stuff? Uh, not any that I can pull off the top of my head right now. Okay. So, uh, so as uh, Griffin alluded to, we both go to school. We go, we're both uh, in very different parts of the political world. I am in the Lewis can be Dane County in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Roll Badgers. Uh, so I am in a very different landscape than he is. And in Wisconsin right now, we are gearing up for a Supreme Court election. There are uh, four candidates running, I believe, two. Uh, so they're all classified as independents. Uh, I believe it's four, two liberal-leaning judges and two conservative, I think, is the breakdown. And obviously, Wisconsin being mostly a purple state, it will be interesting to see. Because the first primary, I believe, is end of February. I can pull up the specific dates if we want, but... End of February, then the elections in April. So that could have huge ramifications going forward for post-Roe Wisconsin and uh, voting stuff going to 24. Oh, a very quick interjection. Did you? Uh, I saw you posted on your story the other day. Uh, congratulations to Minnesota on protecting protecting women's rights. Uh, I'm going to take a quick round of applause for our home state. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I would press the applause button, but apparently it sounds demonic, so I will uh, <laughs> yeah, leave that to the imagination. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are both from Minnesota. I don't know if we mentioned that, but uh, our current governor, Timothy Walls, just signed uh, protections that passed through both the state and the House in Minnesota very fast. Very like they they sped the bill through, voted completely through on party lines in both chambers. Uh, all all the Democrats for, all the Republicans against. Uh, protect like codifying abortion rights into law. It is the first state to do so since the Dobbs decision of this summer. So that is a uh, huge news for Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, you definitely see some uh, civil rights being passed there. That's, that's good for Minnesota. Yep, things we love to see. Uh, next next Minnesota will definitely uh, – either. Be, <laughs> my dad likes to think it will be sports betting next, but it will definitely be the marijuana issue. It, it's going to be the weed. Mm-hmm. And the, the, Did I tell you how much pot will you'll be able to have if it passes? It's like five pounds, isn't it? Yeah, you can carry up to two <laughs> ounces on you in public. 
That's you so can grow eight plants in your house, <laughs> and you can have up to five pounds in your personal possession. That's absolutely insane. That's, that's so much weed. But obviously, the more important aspect of it being that as soon as it does get passed, all marijuana-only offenses in Minnesota State Correctional Facilities will be exonerated immediately. Just, again, another massive, increasingly common and massive Minnesota W. Whoop, whoop. Um, the only chime we'll be cheering for a Minnesota thing around here because the Gophers are bad. If you're a <laughs> Gophers fan, you're bad. Yeah, I'm sure I'll send this to a couple Gophers fans. We have a couple friends that go to the U of M and everything like that, so they all, they all know the pain. Uh, is there anything going on in your neck of the woods, Griffin? Uh, yes, yeah, so Cameron spoke about him being in the uh, the blue hotbed, the, the incredible liberal uh utopia of madison wisconsin um i do not share that same fortune uh as i am in grand forks north dakota as i'm sure many of you can envision what a bustling and glorious city this is <laughs> if you not. haven't been there you definitely gotta go uh you don't it's cold i think it's uh it's negative 40 out today with wind with yeah with wind negative 20 real temp negative 40 with wind we got we got close we were at uh negative four today with wind but uh, as, as Cameron alluded to, uh, Grand Forks does not share the same political climate as Madison. Um, I do often find myself in the... I, I, I do tend to avoid speaking about my politics, politics around here as uh, I'm afraid of being burned at the stake. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was me back in high school. We'll, we'll get to Carver County, I'm sure, either in this episode as, or later. As, a, as a, a budding leftist myself, um, I have witnessed on multiple occasions some, some increasingly despicable takes um including the moral justification of the invasion of iraq and afghanistan on the lines that well we probably should have genocided them and we didn't so we're not that bad Um, absolutely fantastic i think that one was my favorite uh, you were just seething i was was legitimately shocked and uh, it it takes a lot to find someone to actually justify the invasion of iraq but especially to go that further step of more islamophobia like than it already is inherently so and, uh, yeah, it was, it was glorious. The, I think my favorite part about it was the rest of the people I was sitting with uh, agreeing wholeheartedly. Mm. Um, so that was lovely. Fun. That that contributed to my so we'll, we'll get into this later, but that attributed to my awakening. In terms of <laughs> yeah, some you... actual uh, North Dakota news, uh, there is currently up for in the House, I believe it's still in the House. Uh, it might have moved to the Senate now. A proposal to an amendment to the North Dakota State Constitution that would change all bills from requiring a simple majority of 51 to 50 in the Senate and however many representatives we have. I'm not sure. I don't vote here. I hate this place. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it would also require a 60-40 majority in terms of percentage in the House. So uh, nothing will get done, basically. Yes. Well, uh, the Republicans do tend to hold a supermajority in North Dakota, so it doesn't matter. That, that but it sense, is yeah. just increasingly limiting the minority party's ability to do anything, kind of just solidifying their majority. So that, so that guy you were telling me about on campus last year, his, uh, his uh, petition thing worked. Uh, yeah, I, there, was a, a there was a petition to get that going on campus. Um, and I told some poor girl who probably had no idea what she was petitioning for that she was wrong and I hated everything she believed and uh, and then I walked away in my defense I was slightly inebriated but that's another story it, ha- it happens it happens um, yeah, um, no, oh an- no, another thing another thing I saw today oh I, I didn't mean to cut you off go for it no go uh, uh, what 
was I going? Oh yes, another thing that's kind of the uh, the beauty of North Dakota is conservatism by default. Is when you know you talk any sort of political stance comes up, it's so common. The uh, the Republican propaganda runs so deep that I mean it's expected that the, just the conservative view is the right view and the left and the liberals are evil. <laughs> well, that that evil Nancy Pelosi's gonna come take my gun. You know, she's a vampire. Her reptilian children are going to eat yours after they do the pedophilia. And, well, she clearly looks so young, too, so she must be getting that good adrenal clump. She must be a vampire. <laughs> uh, I saw I saw it today. I was actually really shocked. I don't I don't know as much about the, the uh, gubernatorial breakdown of the country that I, I, that I should. Like, I know it's like a 24-26 split, but I didn't know like, the exact states. Did you know that Kentucky has a Democrat governor? Let's go. Yeah, and uh, so they did the preliminary pro- uh, polling because he'll be up in 24. He's uh, leading by 10 points right now because he's the incumbent. I was like, that's nuts. I did not expect that at all from Kentucky. What do we got for major cities in Kentucky? I'm blanking on my geography right now. We got Lexington, Frankfurt. Those are the only two of note, right? Yeah. Uh, it surprises me that I... they have like, enough of an urban population to uh, push that through. Or maybe maybe Kentucky's based. Who knows? Kentucky could be based. Well, I remember in the midterms, Kentucky was, like, one of the biggest surprises besides Kansas. They were one of the few states that actually voted to, like, uh, keep abortion, even though the, the actual, like, ballot measure was worded so awfully. Like, some yeah. people still figure out a way, okay, so this means this, this means that. That like, kind of reminds me of that Louisiana ballot measure to ban slavery, that the own guy who proposed it said don't vote for it because it was worded in a way that would allow all slavery. Even though... Uh, Slavery still legal. Fourteenth uh, yes. uh, no, Amendment does not uh, ban slavery, actually, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yes, yes, we will. Okay, um, and then last news story for this week, I would say uh, the Paul Pelosi video. Uh, I have not had the chance to watch it. I wa- so I tried. I tried um, watching it on the Times on my phone, but it kept cutting in and out. I couldn't, and I couldn't find anything on YouTube for it. I can try it now. It's been a couple of days since I actually got leaked, but. Um, are the people still yeah. convinced that David DePeepe and uh, Paul Pelosi were gay lovers? I mean, probably. It's like I think I think Tucker probably said something. Some people believe. It. Okay, so I did find it on YouTube. I'm watching it right now. So yeah, so they they open the door. Paul Pelosi is in his underwear, but like that's because like he was just taking a shower. I think because he was in the bathroom when he called the cops. No, it's he been... because him and DePeepe were having sex. Oh, obvious. Obviously, that's how that's how they keep young forever. Obviously, yeah. famously. So, so, so they're struggling for they're struggling for a ham uh, struggling for a hammer between the two of them. Uh, uh, David DePacow has it. DePacow, it's DePacow, right? I don't, uh, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to say David his name. That's why I call him DePP. Exactly. So um, he uh, bring like they're they're struggling for the hammer. He, like Pelosi is trying to hold it as tight as he can. The cops literally have a flashlight shining on him. Uh, David pulls the hammer away, gets him away, and. Uh, Pelosi jumps out of frame behind the door because this guy takes a full swing at him and then the cops rush in. Like, it was like winding up like baseball Jesus. swing. Yeah, so I, I'm actually amazed for a man of his age that he could take a hit like that. I don't think most people could. But, yeah, like, it is a, yeah, like, it is a vicious attack. Um, yeah, so that that got leaked. And apparently Elon is uh, really sorry for tweeting it. Like He's, like, allowing that video. He's like, oh, that's uh, not great. The increasingly becoming more unhinged and conservative Elon. <sighs> Gotta love Elon. I'm sure he'll be an episode like by himself one day. Oh, I'm sure we'll have a 
Maybe we'll incorporate of a, a mega rich watch in here. Watch all the scummy, terrible things that they do. Ooh, yes, 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 a, a rich watch. Yeah. Okay, Actually, so uh, I mean, maybe some Hogwatch. Hogwatch is a good one, guys. You'll like. Hogwatch. Yeah, just 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 general Hogwatch. If uh, I don't know how, like whatever, like that. Whoever hears this, if they're not familiar with uh, Hassan Piker on Twitch or YouTube, yes, his he's branded this thing called Hogwatch, where he just watches conservative cringe. That's basically what runs our entire comedic uh, sphere between the two of us. It's a great time. Go check it out. Boys, have you showed any of your uh, North Dakotians that, that I don't even know what they would say? Yeah, uh, if I, if, well, first of all, it's a it's a Muslim man speaking to them. They don't allow that. Um, That's true. That's true. Second of all, if they heard some of the things he said again, I would not survive till the morning. Um, I would be <laughs> ostracized and ousted from my community. <laughs> yeah, that's probably fair. I, uh, I I talk about politics a decent amount with my buddies here. I'm, I'm in a couple of clubs where we just discuss it. It's not really a debate thing. It's mostly a discussion. I'm actually going to be the the, the Cheney of that group in about a week. But uh, um, oh I talk about a decent amount here to the to the much annoyance of my my roommates and my friends because none of them are very political people at all. So they're basically like, oh, we'll we'll just take yeah, what I you say. For, that. None of my that. None of my friends I, uh, are very political, so I don't. Uh, my sa- my saving grace is my one political science class that I, I get a twice a week to. Uh, have you heard? Have you? So you said he was definitely. You said he was definitely a lib. Your professor. Have you heard anything? Anything since then? Yeah, but he's he's definitely a lib, but he's like a boomer lib. Okay, so he's, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm gonna get social security. In he's five pretty. Years. Uh, he kind of gives me Pearson vibes, but like a more like lefty Pearson. Okay, I mean, yeah, a- education that makes sense. Um. Yeah. My he's, he's so I'm in four political science classes. I am a, I am a poli sci major. Mm. Uh, the one I the one I told you about, but uh, I'm in this uh, Russian class. It's basically talking like the culture, the political history. It's just like an inter, it's an interdisciplinary class, is what it's called. And uh, it basically said that Genghis Khan invented communism. That's so but funny. like, like I can't believe like, what shocked me the most out of all that, like that's like whatever Western textbook like. Yeah, believe you whatever you want to do. You evil, evil, evil commie. But like my professor is of Russian origin. Like she was born there. She grew up there. She's heavy acts and everything like that. And she still allows that to be taught. Like really, as a politi- as a Russian it's political scientist, how can you be like okay? Death and suffering. <laughs> okay, you're you're getting ransacked. You're getting ransacked. Oh, that's communism for you. You, you get raped. You get raped. You get raped. Yep, absolutely. That is what that is what Genghis Khan was all about. Was that equality right there? He gave all of his workers uh, he just, he unlimited days off. He benefit. the equality of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just it, it was, off, it's actually man. a pretty interesting class though. It was talking about like how like just like the Mongol invasion like oh. in, uh, like created this culture. It was pretty cool, but besides those couple lines, it was a little weird. We've been discussing. We can uh, we'll save this topic for a later week because it's too much to unpack here in our remaining time. But we've been discussing uh, a lot of the role of religion in politics, which is something mm. I feel, and I know Cameron does as well, feel very passionate about. So that will oh, yeah. be a very heated episode coming in the That'll near be, future. It'll be a great time. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I guess we can talk. We can start talking about ourselves a little bit more. Get a more of a uh, base of understanding. The episode is titled "Our Villain Origin Stories." For by example. So uh, I guess I can go first since I am the, the oldest leftist out of all of us. Um, so I going into I wasn't very political. I was I've always been interested in politics. But I was never really politically active or like minded. 
Uh, my first political memory is the re-election of Obama in 2012, which was, in which I was uh, rooting for Romney to win solely for the fact that Michelle Obama ruined lunch. That was uh, I didn't. Ha- we there is some deep-seated hatred here for Michelle Obama for that same reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was pretty much the only reason I wanted like I wanted Romney to win. I didn't really, I didn't really ex- ex- know anything political like policy-wise that Obama did everything like that at that time so i was like a semi like republican i was like oh the red color that's kind of cool let's make the map red whatever uh we woke up i woke up the next morning to was it rihanna that's saying this girl's on fire because she did like obama's on fire or something like that I, I don't know i remember that pretty vividly and then my next political memory is obviously in 2016 i didn't really know anything about between those years uh and for reference, we're both as Griffins. We're both second years, so we're both uh, twenty. So we're not exactly. We don't know a whole lot before the Obama Gate, like personal experience. Like we know a lot from like history and stuff like that, but like we don't know first firsthand. So the four years between Obama's reelection and Trump, we were in middle school. I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to politics except for uh, growing up in Waconia, Minnesota, uh, Carver County. It's one of it's self-proclaimed to fame as the most conservative county in the state of Minnesota. I think it's an R plus 67 or something like that county. Jim Nash and uh, Tim. What is what is his name, Bush? Our, our rep in the house is Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer, that's what it is. Not Jim Emmer. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Um, so between Tom Emmer and Jim Nash, they have those things pretty locked down. So being surrounded by that through middle school, a very formative time in a, in a young boy's life and everything like that, I became increasingly conservative and stuff like that. I was uh, at this time. I was very religious, very Christian, very uh, going into going, especially going into the elect, like the campaign of 2016 in eighth grade. I was very pro-Trump. Uh, I thought the, I thought the memes were funny back in the day. Uh, I didn't think that Middle Eastern countries would respect a woman in power, like stuff like that. There is obviously still an element to that today. They they wouldn't as much, but like still, you, that's just a weird argument to make against Hillary. And. Uh, very religious, very anti-abortion, very anti-gay, very homophobic, very Islamophobic up until Trump's election. That kind of that kind of hung over. But I've always had this thought: when people use the word communist, like they'd be like, "Oh, that's, that's, that's so communist," or something like that. Like like some random like political commentator or some person will say, "Oh, that's so communist of them." Like I always thought they were using that word wrong. I di- I didn't know what it meant. I wanted to learn, so I picked up this book. It was written in. Uh, the 1800s, written by a man named Karl Marx. Uh, I read the manifesto, I think, in freshman year. It was either freshman year or, like, the summer going into sophomore year. And that I was like, damn, I actually do agree with a good chunk of this. Like, it actually makes sense. I could actually, like, understand it. I was like, hmm, that seems fair. Like, I just got my first job, actually. Like, I'd like to make some more money off the top of that. That'd be nice. Um, so learning that, I was a little bit awakened. Uh, I refused to use the phrase, it got woke. And then going into freshman year of high school, I, I was starting to realize, like, what really turned me, and I've told this to a lot of people, they think it's funny, what really turned me is going into freshman year of high school, all of the girls in our grade were becoming very, like, very liberal. And I realized having conservative viewpoints is going to make me incredibly unpopular with both guys and girls. Like, like, because I remember, the, the culmination of it was in eighth grade, when me and my, bu- like, me and my buddy at the time, we did this uh, for uh, AP, or for Enhanced, was it Enhanced? It was Accelerate, enhanced. what? Oh, the enhanced English, English something like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we had to do this argument for it, and we I, we got drafted, like we got picked. We're like, you, you guys are gonna do anti-gay marriage, which like I didn't want. It. I knew that was gonna be a bad idea, but like we got assigned it, so we're gonna do it. 
we did it. We we came incredibly un, unfavorable. It was called some very very hurtful things. But you know what? It opened my eyes. I, I needed to be called those things at that time because then going into high school, I realized you know what? This isn't gonna work. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into some of the other stuff. So I looked into the other side points and I uh, started realizing okay, I'm definitely more dem I'm definitely more liberal than I am conservative. And then I started realizing that even the Democratic Party isn't going to get the needs of Mr. Marx. And I was like, well, there's got to be something else. And then Mr. Bern Bernie the Man Sanders comes along in 2016. I look back into his campaign, and I realized, huh, that's like, that guy seems, even though he looks like the keeper of the crypt, he seems like he knows what he's talking about. And I'm like, okay, so I'll do a little bit more research. And as I grew more of that, I just became more and more left-minded and I eventually realized that I was far beyond the, the scope of the American right-wing duopoly. And yeah, yeah, I realized that I was, as as uh, the political compass will be mentioned, I'm sure countless times between the two of us, I became more left and more down. Uh, I was in the third quadrant almost all the way to the end. Not as much as our buddy Eric, but I'm, I'm getting closer every single day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just realized I was, a, I was a socialist then and there and become more and more communist every day. Yeah, Cameron had a more, uh, Cameron definitely uh, had his awakening much earlier than myself. Um, mine is still a relatively recent phenomenon. I mean, within the last few months that I've really uh, uncovered my true self. Um, my first, uh, I think, formative political memory that I have is uh, back in elementary school. You talked mm, okay. about the, the Romney, the Romney-Obama uh, election. Mm -hmm. And I remember we did a mock election in elementary school and just I don't uh, you know and I you know again, growing up in Wakonia, Minnesota I grew up with my father specifically very conservative parents mm. um, not necessarily religiously but I mean on those grounds we were never really a religious family I've never really been to church never been a church goer um, but still a very conservative family uh, economically specifically but also on a lot of like social issues Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, was not brought up to me when I was a child, but I was from a very young age taught Republican good, Democrat bad. Yep, yep. Red's good. Um, and so, you know, we get to that, and I can remember voting for Romney and being upset for seemingly, for really no reason when Obama won, because I didn't, mm -hmm. couldn't grasp what was going on. I didn't know anything. I just knew, you know, red, red good, blue bad. Right, right. Um, and that's kind of how my... A lot of my political philosophy maintained that way for a long time because I just, you know, for the longest time, didn't have a lot of interest in it, didn't really care, and that's, you know, it's the way I was raised. It's the, mm -hmm. the sad tale of a lot of people growing up in, you know, middle class suburban America, exactly. households. Um, and so I've, I've always been a big history guy. I love history. And it's for this uh, the whole identity of, you know, the, the freedom of America. And I, I will I will attest I fell for the propaganda quite quite miserably. I was yeah, but we shoved down our throats constantly. Yes. Like, the yeah. American school system did what it was designed to do very well to me. Um, and I, I I loved the idea of the individual state. I still I still like it. Um, I don't think we implemented very well mm -hmm. the idea of the the states within a state and that sense of autonomy. And you know I like the local government and I like the stages uh, to an extent. Uh, and I, it, you know, and that it's something I start to think about, and this is when I say I will, again, apologize for my past <laughs> libertarianism. I was, I, I was young and stupid. Well, well, um, well you're all forgiven, man. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, that I kind of grasped onto this idea of individual freedoms. Uh, 
in that I, you know, it's, you know, I identify with libertarianism. Obviously, never with kids. Age of consent, 18. Um, let's get real here. Come on, libertarians, mm-hmm. pick it up. <laughs> um, but I was always like, you know, uh, I was I was always pro. I've always been pro gay marriage. I've always been pro abortion. You know, these inalienable human rights that have always been, you know, set within me. That you know, never even hearing people talk about it. These were the decisions I made. Mm-hmm. That these were under my list of civil rights. And as I started, but like economically, I was like a, I was a free market little bozo because I never really did any research to it. It's just what you know, on the very base level, it makes sense. It's the default. Yeah, and you know, and having grown up in that capitalist society my entire life, uber capitalist in our area, that mm. it was just the way it was. And so I started to, and and that my same uh you know attitude of right good left bad persisted. Um, until we kind of get to high school and I start to realize that even after high school even like my entire freshman year of college I was very consider myself a libertarian was very economically right wing but socially I guess you could call it left wing even though I would call it more of a libertarian social mm-hmm. structure uh, referring to the compass if you guys aren't familiar with that um, until this really this uh, the beginning of this fall semester this year I uh, started to realize that like what I believed wasn't I started to well I started to see a lot of the economic inequalities in our country you know growing up from a very like a relatively well-off family and you know being in college being broke and struggling for the first time and meeting all these people who didn't come from as fortunate and privileged backgrounds as I did and were struggling with money and couldn't afford to stay in school because they couldn't afford it and their scholarships weren't enough uh, really opened my eyes to that sense of inequality uh, economically in our country and then you know I from the leftist view, and I started to look into these kind of leftist views and uh, Hassan Piker Has- the Hassanabi broadcast uh, which Cameron introduced me to I started watching I saw a clip of it popped up on YouTube and I watched it and I'm like this guy's got some good ideas and I listened to it and I realized that what I believed wasn't libertarianism it was like libertarian socialism I'd always held these beliefs. I just hadn't quite understood what they meant. Mm-hmm. And it really, and then it's snowballed from there, and I've become increasingly more extreme in my viewpoints. Um, as as, as will of, happen in Grand Forks. kind of understood my, my own identity and really found that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah that, that is uh, basically how we both, because I do remember having a very vivid uh, argument with you one day, because we both took French. We were one of the couple guys that took French all after high school. I remember there was one time when you were doing the meme of uh, socialism is when the government does stuff. I remember yep. you very vividly. <laughs> I, I did the meme. That. I did the meme. I'm guilty. So that that was that was that was a good that's a good formative memory of my uh, my high school days. I remember those it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, it, I think anyone anyone can have that uh, propaganda effect like you talked about, like the American education system, especially the public one. Well, actually, I'd say more the private one, but the public one for sure definitely leads this like feeling of i have to believe this or this terrible thing will happen or because of this like i was raised this way i have to believe this way or like that's just how my teachers want or whatever it is you have to you're you're putting this you're putting this box and if you're you're out of that box you're you're screwed yeah and you're going back on the idea of propaganda you know and it's I mean, to this day, as much as I identify with the beliefs of Marxism and socialism and communism, I am hesitant to refer to myself in that light 
it's it's it is a remnant of red scare propaganda that's still strongly mm-hmm. perpetuated in our school system and in our society is communism is evil communism is bad and you'll ask people like is communism bad is it evil and they'll yeah well why like what do you know about communism and they're like well russia I'm like well russia is not really a communist state they're like well china i'm like yeah but there's a difference yeah. between authoritarianism and communism exactly not, neither of like They'll, they'll give you those two examples, and then you'll tell them, well, neither of them are actually communist states because the the idea of a communist state is ridiculous because they're literally, like, contradictory terms. And they'll look at you with, like, the surprise Pikachu, like, what? Yeah, it's, what like, more about? along the lines of the, the social democracies in, uh, we see in European countries, but, you know, mm-hmm. with more adequate social safety nets. Exactly. Like, uh, and that, the, that's my favorite. And then they like to talk about, they like to talk about Venezuela and, uh, Venezuela. and I'm like, yeah, uh... I would like to see our country do well after assorted CIA coups and uh, mm. massive economic sanctions that keep you tracked technologically in the 1960s. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's and, just there is even, no real. With... Argue, we, we are yet to see a true, un like untampered with communist state, and I think mm-hmm. until we see that, you can't just discredit it as this evil ideology. You think it's bad because the corporations think it's bad and they control you. Mm-hmm. And there's this one. Ep- there's this one. Um video like that i've seen numerous times on youtube it's the debunking like anti-communist like things like that it's like well you know what they're gonna say they're like well if you like it so much go live in communist china go live in russia go live under putin's russia or like go live in venezuela whatever like that okay if you love capitalism so much go into the slums of brazil they're thriving a right-wing economy yet there are more people in poverty in brazil than most places in the world i've always loved the uh go somewhere else argument because it's to me always been like inherently un-american like my idea mm-hmm. of like I, like listen i am not proud of what america does but i and i'm not even say i love america but i love the idea oh. of america because the idea of america to me is that you know the people in the country shape the country not the country shape the people yep is so that you know if things are bad if things aren't the way they should be we have we, we can change that whereas you don't really see that in other nations as much it's it is totally me perpetuating the idea of american exceptionalism but i do believe in that extent that you know america is a country of the people by the people or at least is meant to be mm-hmm. and not this idea of the state telling you what to think but you telling the state what to think right right i don't know if you i don't know if i've ever asked this like in person or like that but do you uh do you know like the concept of, like meritocracy and stuff yeah, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and mm, and like so obviously like the, like the the cliche of the American dream uh, and stuff like that and everyone's always thought like whoa I don't care if you start as a shoe shine you can be Jeff Bezos one day if you work hard enough and you put your ear to the grindstone and do blah 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 so it, it's if that if we were truly a meritocracy as if as we like as we like to like teach the next generation that we are that would be possible or something like that or like things. The, the limitations for the people wouldn't be there. Like, genuinely, if we wanted to be a true meritocracy, okay, so everyone gets education to the point where they can invent something or something like that. Everyone is guaranteed housing. They don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about getting their own food. There are literally bread lines in this country, right? Like, like at all times. Because, you know what the bread line's called? It's called Walmart. You have to pay for the bread. And if you can't pay for it, then you're dead. It's as simple as that. You're dead. If we were truly a meritocracy, yeah. like we like to say... That would not be an issue. It would literally be if if you can, you, everyone can do this. If you were based off your own merits, you can do this. You are given the tools to succeed with your own capabilities, and it, that's just that's sadly not the case. 
The only, the truest form of meritocracy we have in our country is professional sports, and even that has a, a degree of luck to it. Mm. You know, not everybody is LeBron James. Exactly. Not you everybody get... has that frame. You know, you could work your ass off, and you know, but it, at the end of the day, you're not seven feet tall. You might not make the NBA. Mm-hmm. And it's also it's also a connection thing there. Like, okay, I know this one agent. He's gonna come spout, uh, scout me in high school. He's gonna come watch all of my colleges. He's gonna make sure that I get basically this this idea of free school, free whatever. All because at the end of it, they're gonna get a fat paycheck out of it. Like mm-hmm. everything is still run by profit. Even they're gonna exploit these young athletes and everything like that to the point where oh, I still get my twenty percent or fifteen twenty percent, whatever whatever the standard agency is, and it won't matter like what it is. Um, because they're going to use them for like their athletic skill and their body. Yeah, and even coming back to the idea of sports as a meritocracy, um, like sports costs money to play. I mean, not just for equipment, but I mean club fees and travel fees. Um, mm. uh, I was fortunate enough to spend uh, a, f- a couple weeks in uh, playing soccer in Europe when I was younger, and they were appalled by the fact that we paid to play club soccer because it's free for them. They they simply pay their travel costs. Like this isn't this is something that comes all the way down through the club. You know, granted the club's making money at the highest level because their professional clubs and their youth clubs are one and the same for the most part. Right, it's all tiers. But like they were the fact that, like you have to pay. You know, there were seasons we were paying two thousand, three thousand dollars, and I was fortunate no, enough it, to have parents it, that could afford that. But that's mm. not something that exists in other countries. No, it's like it, you you talk to people that are outside of America. I so, I yeah. live with I live with yeah. people from India, and they literally will talk about the fact that. Americans are always so I'm the best at everything. That's just the American attitude for it. Like one of my roommates complains about the American being the best attitude all the time. Like he talks about how there's like we're, we're the most arrogant of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've uh, been discussing in my political science class American exceptionalism for the last week or so about how this idea that America's different and inherently better than everybody else. We're incredibly arrogant and self-centered. Mm-hmm. All because Which I think play, you know plays into our Islamophobia that's mm-hmm. so incredibly prevalent in our country because we see people who are different than us. Exactly. It's like, I think it's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing because we, we believe that we're the best, so therefore we're going to make sure everyone else is the best and everyone else is not, is different because we're making sure it is, so why why should we change to be like that? Exactly. Basically, we believe, we should, <laughs> I like to use, I like to use the, the ant metaphor. We believe we should be the bully with magnifying glass on every single situation because that's just how were brought up that's how everything is oh like if you ask someone if you ask anyone in america like that's from america oh what's the best country on earth nine out of ten times you're gonna say it's america you're like because it's it's just brought into you like i would definitely consider myself less patriotic than probably even even you but it's definitely to the point of like there are a lot most things i am absolutely ashamed to call myself like say i'm from america at this point especially to my roommates like when uh for example like the Dobbs decision in the summer like as soon as that happened, I got I got a I got a text from two of my roommates. They were back home. They said you can even get an abortion in India, and India is one of the most conservative by states like in in the world. Like they're basic, they're kind of a theocracy, and like even they have like access to abortion. And guess what? It's a lot cheaper there too. Yeah, I uh, I saw something the other day. I'm sure plenty of you, uh, if any of you watching, have uh, are on the on the TikTok for the few weeks that we have left before the government bans it. You think that's actually um, gonna happen? Uh, I can see it going both ways. Um, yeah, yeah. They're a tech giant, but they're also China, so. That's true. That's, that's scary. Uh, but I saw it's, 
uh, it was, you know, I can't speak to the validity of the statistic, but it would make sense to me. It's 16% of Gen Z says they are proud to be an American. And it's this guy going off about, you know, how broad titled we are. And it's like, why the fuck would we be t- like proud to be American? Like what, what, like, you know, I was born in 2002. What has America done well since I've been alive? You know, we got fucking Absolutely. fucked in 9-11. Uh, we in- unjustly invaded countries and killed women and children and kidnapped them mm-hmm. burnt down villages you know uh we've just been we've been horrible like the entire time i've been alive we've gone through economic recession after economic recession increasing political divide yep. and polarization uh, we've witnessed abortion rights go away we've witnessed killings and riots and just all these horrible things like why would i be proud of this country i've never been done seen them do anything good nope yeah yeah exactly you, you said it perfectly like since we've been born, and since Gen Z has been born in general, we've experienced more troublesome times. Everyone, everyone likes to say they're the most like oppressed generation, blah, blah, blah. It's like it's the, the bias of it. But if you look, like, historically speaking, let's look, even look at our parents' generation versus us. In our parents' generation, you could put in a 40-hour work week. You could, one parent could stay at home, one parent could go to work for a 40-hour work week. You could pay rent, you could pay your mortgage, you could pay for two kids going to school, and guess what? You could pay off your student loans in, like, two years. And that's if you had any in the first place, because back then college was less than fifteen thousand dollars a year. That was out of state tuition. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. University out of state tuition, something that's yeah, a hundred thousand that, dollars now. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely crazy. The the cost of living has gone up insane since since in one generation. Like I can only imagine our kids at some point. Like that's going to be absolutely crazy. Well, this is all speaking if a the world itself doesn't end, or b that the economy doesn't collapse like three four times by then. But we in our in our 20 years we've had we had the global world the global collapse of 08 we had the the absolute atrocious handling of our government with the covid pandemic with the covid pandemic another another economic crash for every single person except the top 1%. They made over 300 billion dollars in the span of 4 months based off just oh let me let me invest here because everything's real low. 90% of the stock market is owned by 10% of the uh, of the of the country's wealth. And guess what? All those 10%, they loved the COVID crash because it made them so much more money. Meanwhile, uh, mom and dad America over here, while they're still preaching, yeah, uh, let's let's go here. We're all the, well, this is still the best country. Meanwhile, they had three kids. They're, they're stuck at home. They can't even pay like for a babysitter. They can't pay for food, anything, because they can't work. All the jobs are closed. Yep. So I have some statistics you were talking about, the, you know, the change in the cost of living and whatnot. So, uh, these are... Uh, statistics from 1981 compared to 2021 average cost of housing in 1981 was $80,900 uh, 2021 $418,600 that's average monthly crazy. rent 1981 $271 average monthly rent 2021 $1,144 average cost of annual college tuition public university 1981 2546 private university 1981, 11,580, 2021, Federal minimum wage, 1981, $3.35. 2021, $7.25. Which is still demonstrably low. So we're looking at, oh, and 
Yeah, we're looking at an over 400% increase in uh, average cost of housing and monthly rent, uh, a tenfold increase in student loan debt, and three times as much for college tuition with a federal minimum wage that has increased by $4 an hour, which is just over 100%. Absolutely amazing. In Isn't that absolutely amazing? Years. So let's <laughs> we're, but remember, we're, 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 we're just complaining. We're the most entitled generation. Yeah, we're just we're just entitled. How much was how much is three dollars and twenty five cents? If I had to take a wild guess, it's probably about the, it's probably worth about seven dollars now. It's probably the exact same thing. The value of three dollars and twenty five cents from nineteen eighty one is equivalent to ten dollars and sixty one cents. So it's actually so minimum wage has actually gone down. That's crazy. Yeah, relatively speaking, has gone down. Absolutely, absolutely insane. You could you could work a forty hour work week at minimum wage and actually it costs like pay for rent and do what you wanted to do with one with one parent doing that while the other one stayed home and watched the kids if that was if that was their choice. Now you need you need the kids at twelve to get a job. You can't can't even do it yourself anymore because there is not a single county in the entirety of this country where a where someone could work minimum wage and afford a one bedroom apartment. That's absolutely insane. No. Well, no, so no, that I'm, is, uh, yeah, yeah that definitely adds to the ratification. Yeah. Were you, uh, were you going to say anything there, Bush? It's, uh, uh, I don't know. No, not really. That's just a passing thought. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's a sad, uh, it's a sad circumstance. And it's, it, it's upsetting, you know, just seeing how much the older generations just don't get it you know it's to them it's nope. like well i did this and they just refuse to see the world around them because if you tell if you tell tell someone that's older than us what the problems of today are and you'll say well i can't just work a minimum wage job and make my way through it because let's say i find a minimum wage job i know in minnesota it's ten twenty-five, but federally let's say it's seven seven dollars and 25 cents an hour there's i think what it's ten thousand like it's how many work hours in a year there's 2,080 hours. That's not, you're not even making, you're not even making 20 grand at $7.25. Where am I going to find time or am I going to find a place that's less than 20 grand a year for rent plus food plus if I want to go to school and have any prayer of making money in, in four years, where am I, where am I going to pay for that? Even trade school, even trade school is way too much money for that. Yeah, and this is the idea of like, oh, you just need to work and go to college so that you can make more money once you graduate college. It's like, how am I going to afford college? Yeah, I can get X amount of money in loans, but if my loans don't fully cover it, then what? And I don't, I'm never going to get a scholarship because my community is incredibly underfunded, so our education is terrible. Mm -hmm. Plus, how? Plus, I have a family to support because my parents can't afford to make ends meet. And how, what am I supposed to just let my parents starve? What happens exactly. if my mom gets sick? Like, oh yeah, all all of these factors lead to they they lead to radicalization in one of two ways, and unfortunately, one way is. Okay, let's look for solutions. Let's look for egalitarian like ways of let's, let's change some things to actually get this right. The other way is feeling those same problems, but blaming like X minority or oh look at that gay person over there that they're taking all my welfare or something like that. Ooh, like that's like a, that's a good. I'm glad you brought that up because that reminds me of something uh, as part of my my recent radicalization train. Uh, I was 
sitting with a group of 50, 50 plus year old conservative gentlemen and uh, they were watching Fox News as they do mm. and they were talking about immigration and one of them said yeah it's there's two million documented immigrants coming into the country every day or whatever or whatever I don't remember what the exact statistic was but they were upset about it like seethingly upset about mm. the fact that we as a country were allowing t- two million immigrants to come in like every day and I'm like and I, that just didn't make any sense to me because you know the argument against undocumented aliens I disagree but I can understand it to an extent uh, but the the this argument against documented immigration people legally entering our country searching a better life is the foundation our country was built on I mean our country is a, a country of immigrants mm. and it, especially at times it's like what's well, what's your argument here like they're legally coming in they're not going to be a bunch of criminals because they're also not getting in legally you know our immigration mm-hmm. policy is incredibly strict in that regard exactly um and we're in, we're experiencing a nationwide labor shortage mm-hmm. like this is you know like why wouldn't you you're upset because nobody's there to take your order at mcdonald's but you're also pissed that some mexican kid's gonna come in and take your order at mcdonald's so which one is exactly. it are you just racist or like what's going on Exactly. There's a um, there's a YouTube channel that I have been watching for a long time. It's called Second Thoughts. It's like this guy he used to do like just straight up informative videos until he realized like, you know what? I, I'm sick of just doing this. I want to actually talk about my political beliefs. And he's like one of the more well known socialists on YouTube besides like Hassan and some of the other examples. But um, he talked about it. He's he's like I like to call this thing. I like to call this thought experiment Schrodinger's immigrant because uh, the conservative uh, theorem, especially like, like Fox and everything like that, like portray immigrants in two ways. They're either lazy welfare recipients they're stealing all my welfare or they're hyper productive they're taking four jobs a day when i could do one well those are literally contradictory terms you can't have a bolt so which one is it yeah exactly yeah it's nuts man uh do you have anything else you want to talk about this episode or should we save it for some later ones uh, i should probably just about wrap it up here it's been a it's been a good introduction you know you guys kind of have some context to why and how we mm. feel so exactly we gave some examples as to why our generation should be following down our path but otherwise obviously there's gonna be some that double down and well if we just try capitalism harder yep yeah. so this was yeah this has been our first episode um it was fun yeah more we're good thinking, way to go we're, down yeah we're planning on recording uh once a week mm. uh we're gonna it you should know, be cover it should some... be up i I think it's I saw on this like it, it might take like a day or two to publish so this will either be either it might be up tonight but uh, it might be up tomorrow like we're recording this on Monday so we'll see when the actual release schedule will be I can probably get better at doing this too but it'll be on Spotify it'll be on, maybe I don't know how to get on Apple but uh, for sure Spotify for now because they're really easy to upload um, I can also do my my brother a favor and plug his to the informal approach they're uh, they're pretty fun to listen to they're not they they specifically avoid politics so there's that but uh, yeah. that's, a, that's what we're here for yeah so we're gonna continue to uh cover the news you know week week we're doing it at the big topics you know not everything there's only so much mm. we can do doing once a week right. uh we're gonna cover topics you know uh, wealth disparity religion all those fun spicy stuff have some fun uh, guests on from our from our lives i uh i, I uh, so I'll, we, uh i'll, I'll let you know hope, after but yeah i talked to a couple of guests of interest yeah, I hope, I hope yeah, it's fun. You know, this is really just a, a pet project for us, something that we've wanted to do and we love to discuss. And if you guys enjoy it and find it entertaining, then that's great. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so this was uh, Two Lefties Get It Right. And uh, 
See you next week, Bush. See you next week. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, guys.